Well, good morning to each and every one of you. Those of us joining online, good morning to you. It is the third Sunday of Advent, and this Sunday is considered the Sunday of joy. And what better way to show some joy than to have some cute kids get up there and sing for us. Do you know that word joy means a feeling of great pleasure and happiness? And I don't know about you, but that almost has a conflicting thing for me, especially with all that's going on in our world, right? It's so conflicting. You know, um... I'm a soccer mom, for those of you who didn't know. I spend most of my days sitting on the side of a soccer field. And um, this fall, my oldest son, Jack, his team made it to the state tournament. And so they were playing. And let me tell you something. The kids are nervous. There's no nervous like watching your kid do something. Some of y'all get this, right? I watched with Rashonda Kylan play football, and he went out on the field, and I was equally excited and terrified all at the same time, right? And they were out there on the field, and I'm a nervous wreck. I mean, just so nervous watching them. And then they won. Y'all, they won. And they were state champions. And they come running across the field, and I may or may not have jogged quickly, um, didn't run, jogged quickly onto the field. And there was just this moment. I had this picture that someone snapped of Jack running across the field, and his arms are out to the side, and he's beaming with his face. And there was this moment of joy, right? Oh, man. And listen, there's nothing more joyful than watching your kid be joyful. But do you know that on the other side of that field, there was a whole team who didn't win? And I'm, like I said, I'm a soccer mom at heart, and I've been on that other side before, right? And it's hard at moments, especially during this season of life. Like this morning, I got up, and I was drinking my coffee, and I was going, you know, finalizing and always recopy my notes on Sunday mornings and thinking about everything. And I thought, here I am coming today to talk about joy when there are the families of more than 50 people just a few miles north of us who've lost their loved ones and thousands who have lost their homes. Man, doesn't that feel conflicting? It does. And moments of joy are oftentimes fleeting, right? We have these moments of joy, and they come and they go, and they can feel fleeting. And sometimes joy can get muted. A moment that should be so joyful can sometimes have a little bit of a damper put on it by a person who doesn't celebrate your joy with you. Joy is a feeling of pleasure and happiness. And it can be hard to even feel like it's okay to be joyful when we're surrounded by so much heartache. But joy has a purpose. In fact, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. The presence of joy is symbolic of the presence of Jesus. And so this morning I want to talk a little bit about joy, and I want us to understand that it is absolutely sometimes conflicting. And it is okay to wrestle with that tug and pull of feeling joyful, but also feeling so sorrowful for things that have gone on in our own lives or things that other people are going through. That's all part of life. And we hold beauty and we hold sorrow in the same hand. And that's okay. But today it is okay 
to have a little bit of joy, and we're going to talk about that. But we are going to pause really quickly this morning, and we are going to pray for our community that has been so devastated by these tornadoes. This tornado has won a world record that no one should want it to win by causing the longest stretch of destruction, 235 235 miles it was on the ground. And so there are just people everywhere today who are picking up their lives. And so we want to pray specifically for them. So let's do that really quickly this morning. Father, we come before you. And God, we know that you are the source of our lives. And God, today we just lift up each and every family who has been touched by tragedy. We lift up every first responder and every power worker and nurse and doctor and person who is digging through the rubble, who has gone without sleep, who is fighting to recover and help people. We pray for their strength today, that you would multiply their strength and that you would also multiply their rest. And God, we just pray that you would be that ever-present source of comfort and of peace in the midst of trial and, and pain. And God, I pray that even in the midst of what is incredible darkness, that there would be moments of joy that would come forth and bring light to those who are suffering. God, we give this day to you. Be illuminated in our hearts and in our minds. And Father, be near to those who are brokenhearted today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, listen, let's dive into joy. You know what? I was reading about some of these songs because our theme this year is the sound of Christmas. That song, Joy to the World, the first guy who ever kind of compiled that, you'll love this, he was one of the very first ever worship leaders as we know as a worship leader. I doubt he played drums and looked as cool as Megan. But... He's the one who started it all. In fact, he was pretty much thrown out because he was the one who started congregational singing. Up until the point where he led things, there was a choir who stood up front and they sang and everybody in the audience just listened to them sing. But this particular song was one of the songs that he felt like that church worship was boring and did not reflect the joy that it should have. And so he made the push and he created a job for himself to lead congregational singing. And Joy to the World was one of the songs that he arranged and put together. And he thought the church needed to engage with singing about joyful things to God. But the other two songs we're going to get into today, Joyful, Joyful Lord, We Adore Thee. And um, I asked Megan if I could do the rap part from um, Sister Act 2, but she did not allow me to do that. So y'all's loss, or maybe your gain, I don't really know. (laughs) And go tell it on the mountain. We're going to talk a little bit about those today. But I've titled, I have a subtitle, today's Joy, but I subtitled this for all of the young folks, How It Started Versus How It's Going. And if if you're a young person, you know about what that means on your TikToks and all of that. How it started versus how it's going. Joy is crucial to our soul, and it is crucial to the world. And we need to know that. Remember, I said I know we understand that sometimes feeling joy can be conflicting. It can be fleeting. It can be a moment. But let me tell you something. Joy is crucial to our souls. 
and it is crucial to this world. And until Jesus was born, there was a 400-year period of darkness where God did not speak. 400 years of silence. And then he slowly began to trickle in his voice. He appears to Mary and appears to Joseph. And then he appears to the shepherds. Let's look in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. The shepherds, 400 years of silence and then the heavenly hosts. You know, when I was thinking about that, I thought they're just sitting out there in the dark. How many of you um, have ever gotten into the car after someone else was driving it? And you turn it on expecting it to be quiet, and it's not. It's like turned down for what or something like blaring in your ears. For me, often it's like Grateful Dead or something I didn't choose because I don't listen to anything in my car. It's okay. You can judge me later, but I don't. And I will get into my car after my husband has been in the car, and like, you know, it's early. It's in the morning. I'm on the way to school. I turn on my car, and it's woo, right? And it just jolts me. And so here we have this moment. The shepherds, it's nighttime. They're just sitting out there in the dark, talking to each other, watching some sheep. And then all of a sudden, this angel appears out of nowhere. And it's like, turn down for what, right? All of a sudden, it lights up the sky. And we had been silent for 400 years from heaven. And now, all of a sudden, God has turned on the music. He blew things up. It got real loud in there real quick. And everybody always makes a point of talking about how stinky the shepherds were and how were they were the least of these. But I want to point out something to you today. They may have been. But do you know that those men had to have been trustworthy and respected? Because when they went in town and told people what they said, nobody questioned them. It said they marveled at what they said. They weren't liars. They were well known. They were respected. 
obviously they were trusted. And it was so apparent that what they had seen was marvelous and crazy and so big that they knew it had to be true. And people marveled at what they had said. So yes, they were shepherds and we can play up all we want how God chooses ordinary people because he does. But let me tell you something. People trusted what they said. They were men of character and they could be trusted. But not everyone celebrated it and caught on right away. Those moments of joy that you have in your life that are fleeting and small, not everybody may grab a hold of it. What is your joy may not be somebody else's joy. My friend runs. It brings her joy. I will never catch that joy. Never. My friend, she's like, oh, you feel so great after a run. I said, really? I feel really great when I realize I'm not running, right? Somebody may not catch your joy. Aaron finds joy getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and running on a treadmill and lifting heavy things. I find joy getting in my bed and turning on Netflix, right? Not everybody may catch your joy right off the bat. It is okay to know that there are moments of joy that are for you. God cares enough about you that he gives you moments of joy. And those shepherds, he chose them to have a special moment of joy. And they shared it and people accepted it. But we know that not everybody caught it right away. Not everybody is going to get those moments of joy. Because let me tell you something, that joy started out small. It was just a baby. How did it start? There was darkness, and then joy was born into the world. And it was small at first. It was just a baby. And then joy began to grow. Joyful, Joyful was actually a poem written by Henry Van Dyke in the year of 1907. He was visiting a friend. He was on a college campus, and he wrote the poem, Joyful, Joyful. I want to read to you a quote that he said about the poem that he wrote. These verses are simple expressions of common Christian feelings and desires in this present time. A hymn of today that may be sung together by people who know the thought of the age and are not afraid that any truth of science will destroy religion or that any revolution on earth will overthrow the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, this is a hymn of trust and of joy and of hope. That is what he said about that song that he wrote. Nothing can destroy or overthrow the kingdom of heaven. And so we say things like melt the clouds of sin and sadness and drive the doubt of dark away. Giving and forgiving and blessing and ever blessed, wellspring of joy, living, ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music lifts us sunward in the triumph song of life. Victors in the midst of strife. That song was born out of Psalm 98. Listen to some of these words. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation. 
His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song, rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with a harp, with a harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. Joyful, joyful. That song was written as a reminder that no thought or idea, no any uprising, no revolution was powerful enough to overthrow the kingdom of God. Remember, we know that joy is often hard to find in the midst of dark situations. But as this said, he has made known his salvation. And so that song, it reflects it when it says that the, we are victors in the midst of strife. I don't know how else to explain it. And I don't know how people who don't have Jesus get through the hard things in life. But I will never forget the Sunday that my Uncle Brad stood in front of our church, days after my cousin Jonathan had died, at five months old. And he stood in front of our church, and he's a worship leader. And he said, I may not have my son, but they'll never take my song. And I was, at that time, just an 18-year-old girl, crushed at the loss of a child that I loved. And here was my uncle reminding me that though I may lose everything around me, they cannot take the joy from me that comes from knowing that Jesus is real. And that because of what he did, there is nothing that can overthrow his kingdom. And joy is mine in the midst of my strife. It's so hard when we, we're, the younger you are to know that life keeps on going. But the older you get and the more hard things you face and the more things you deal with and you go through and you live through, the more you begin to realize that Jesus is always there. Joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore you in the midst of our strife. Joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore you because you have made us victors in the in middle of our situation. Joy is ours. Is it conflicting? Yes. Does it not make sense to the world? It cannot. They cannot grasp how we can have joy in the midst of darkness. But yet we know something that so many do not. That the joy comes from an eternity with Jesus Christ. I want to pause right here and I want you to know for sure that joy is not a pros and cons list. You don't have to sit down and make a list of all the things that went good in your day and all the things that went bad and then decide how your day is going to go. Joy is not a scale that we weigh things on. Well, I have nothing to feel joyful about because the scale is weighed too heavy on the side of things that went wrong. It's not a list of things that went good or things that went bad. Joy is a reminder that the eternal always trumps and outweighs the temporal. The eternal always trumps the temporal. We will face temporal hardship, 
We will face loss and sorrow, and we can hold it together in the same hand with joy because we know without a shadow of a doubt that he has revealed his salvation to us. And even though things may not always go right, he is always good. And that is something to be joyful over. How it started, Jesus came and he was born and joy was a baby, but then joy began to grow. And so the first step of joy is letting it take root inside of us. It's something that's down deep. It's a feeling, yes. Not all feelings are bad. And it's okay to feel joy even when you're also feeling sorrow. It's really one of the gifts that God gives us that we are able to see joy, find joy, find happiness, even in the midst of the hard things. Because he is joy. How do we respond after joy has gotten on the inside? You see, joy was born as a baby, and then joy began to grow up, and then joy went down to the gates of hell and overpowered it, and then it rose up, and now it's in heaven, and it is for all of us. Go Tell It on the Mountain was compiled and written down officially for the first time in 1907, right here in Tennessee, in Nashville. A man by the name of John Wesley Work II he was a professor at Fisk University, leader of the Fisk Jubilee Singers. And he began to do a process of collecting spirituals that were sung by slave communities that had never been written down, that were only passed down through oral tradition. And he began to take those and actually compile them together, write them, finish composing them, put music with them, so that they were actually collected for people. Up until that point, it was just a song that you knew and you didn't know how you knew it. It was just passed down. And so John Wesley worked. Now, did you hear that? It was in 1907. That's the same year that Joyful Joyful was written. Both written in the same year. Both on college campuses. And so he compiled that song and put it together in the year 1907 and helped put it to the way we know it today. And it was based off of a scripture, they think loosely, in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, that says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who are proclaiming peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says, Your God reigns. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings the good news. Go tell it on the mountain. There's a little verse that's not often sung that goes along with it that says, When I was a seeker, I sought both night and day. I asked the Lord to help me, and he showed me the way. Go tell it on the mountain. You see, once joy is taken on the inside of us, and it has gotten to us, when we've sought God out and we've found him, and his word says we will when we seek him, we will find him, then it must come out of us and it must show to others. Because what does it say? That it is good news and it is peace and it is good things and it is salvation. And we must share the joy. We must share the joy. How do we do that? 
How do we share the joy? Especially with people who are suffering. We don't need to tell them things are going to get better. We don't have to tell them God takes those he needs in heaven. God doesn't need anybody in heaven. We don't have to shower people with platitudes and the things we think are the right thing to say. Because here's the thing about joy, it's carried on the inside of us. And we have our first taste of joy being carried and not spoken, but being shared in one of my favorite little verses in Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, verse 41, it says, And it happened, and Megan, you can come up if you don't mind. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe in her leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she broke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. I love it. Mary didn't even say anything. She just carried joy in her womb. And when she walked in and she spoke, hello, my sister Elizabeth, the babe inside of Elizabeth leapt and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. If joy is inside of you, then you carry it with you. And you don't have to force it on someone. In fact, your mere presence can bring the joy of the Lord to someone who is hurting. When this world is full of such darkness and such hard things, people don't need words. They don't know what they need, but they need joy, and they don't know that that's what they need. But when you carry joy in you, and the Bible says that Jesus lives in us, and he is joy. When you carry that joy inside, it will bring joy to someone else. You know people like that who carry joy? That when you're in a bad mood, you almost don't want to be around them. You're coming over here with all your good, happy mood, right? This is also my husband in the mornings. He wakes up joyful. I don't like to wake up. I will wake up and there he is singing and making breakfast and all happy and I'm like please keep your joyful self out there I'm trying to sleep right but let me tell you we have a world that is desperate for joy they just need something to be good they need something to be okay they need something to give them the strength to face tomorrow. And you carry joy inside of you. And the joy inside of you will speak to the brokenness in someone else. The joy inside of you will speak to the hurt in someone else. And it will comfort them. Your presence your peace will bring comfort to those around you and can bring joy to them. And they may not even know that it's happening. Elizabeth said, I heard your voice and the baby inside of me leapt for joy. Your voice and your presence carries the joy 
of the Lord. So how it started, a baby was born, and then that joy began to grow, and then that joy conquered hell. And now we get to share it. So how is that joy going? How's it going today? In Romans chapter 10, verses 4 through 13, we hear how it's going. Here is the good news. Here is what is inside of you. I want to encourage you today. Listen, if God is just a fixture to your life, if church is just a fixture to you, if a relationship with Jesus Christ is something that feels external to you, then today I ask, I ask that you begin to pray and ask that the relationship you, you have with God would go from being external on the outside, things you do, and would become inside of you, something that is with you and in you. Because the good news is joy to us. And there are too many Christians walking around here with joy on the outside of them, but they've never got it on the inside. There's too many people who know the goodness of God, who when they walk around people, they are not bringing joy. I don't know what they bring in, but it's not joy. We need to remember Brothers and sisters who call ourselves Christians, what the good news of Jesus is. So can you hear this today? Listen to these words that I'm going to read to you from Romans chapter 10. And remember what the good news is. Remember why you get to have joy in the middle of darkness. Why it's okay to be joyful in the middle of sadness. Because this is the good news. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness, which is the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend to the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confesses is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, here is the joy for whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same is Lord over all the rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your life is going to have hard moments. But I call upon the name of the Lord and I am saved. This world will have troubles, but I call upon the name of the Lord and I will be saved. I can sing joyful, joyful. Lord, I adore you. And it is good news and it is joy to know that because Jesus came, he is with me and I can call on him. We can't despise our moments of joy. We can't deny 
that joy is real, and we must find the true source of it. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, your joy may feel small. If I asked you to make out that list, you may not have a lot of things to write that you can think of to be joyful about. But that's okay. Joy was born as just a tiny little baby. Joy can be small. It can still take root. So let it take hold on the inside of you. Let joy take hold and let it melt the clouds of sin and sadness and drive the doubt of dark away. Let the joy of God shine on the outside. Carry it with you over the hills and the mountains and everywhere. Go tell it that Jesus Christ is born on you. Joy to you and joy to the world. Can we stand today? In 1907, two very different men on two very different college campuses put together two powerful songs that have lasted for over a hundred years. When they began to write about joy, and when you think about the words of Go Tell It on the Mountain being passed down from people who were bound in slavery, who even at the darkest knew the source of joy came from seeking God and finding Him. Joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore you. Our hearts unfold like flowers before you. Drive the dark of sin and sadness away. Drive it away. So listen, today, I feel like I preached a message on joy that is heavy. <laughs> but today, I just wanted to encourage you. You have joy inside of you. Don't let the world snuff it out. Don't let the things that are going on around you, even to you, don't let life rob you of the joy that God has given you. Don't let them take it away. Remember Mary said she pondered these things in her heart. Take a minute today to ponder in your heart. Man, there's been some hard things. And there are some dark moments. But I call upon the name of the Lord. And I am saved. And the eternal joy of the Lord will never be overcome by the temporal things of this world. Lord, we come before you today. I thank you, God. I thank you for making the decision to come down, to be born into this world, into absolute darkness. You were born and you brought light. And I pray today that each and every one of us here in this room, each and every person who will listen or see down the road, that you would help to awaken the awareness of joy in us. Let it be awoken in us that you, God, are with us. And 
we can call upon your name, joy was born to us in a manger. Joy grew. Joy conquered hell. And now joy lives in each and every one of us. We need your joy, Lord. Our world needs the joy of the Lord. Help us to carry it with us and share it to everyone we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.